guys and welcome to Brace Yourself, a podcast brought to you by the Australian Dental Students Association. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic on dental students' learning, specifically on their self-confidence and clinical outcomes. Joining us today, we have Jim Ray and Pauline Wong from the University of Western Australia and Professor Vesna Militich from the University of Sydney. I hope you all enjoy this new episode of Brace Yourself. Hi all, and welcome to our latest podcast on the Ads of Brace Yourself podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about the effects of COVID-19 pandemic on final year dental students' self-confidence level in performing clinical procedures. We'll explore what the most current research has found surrounding student experiences while studying dentistry during these turbulent and uncertain times and how our universities have adapted to accommodate the pandemic. I'm Jim, a second year dental student from the University of Western Australia. And joining me today is Professor Avesna, a professor and director of restorative dentistry and head of discipline, tooth conservation at the University of Sydney Dental School, and also Pauline Wong, a fourth year dental student at UWA Dental School. Um, professor Malutic and Pauline, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your invitation. Uh, it's good to meet you, Jim and Pauline, and it's good to be your guest here today. Firstly, Professor Malutic, um, I believe your research career took off when you were studying abroad in the UK. Can you describe how you had fallen into research? Well, actually, uh, my uh, research journey began somewhere in 2005 when I was uh, a junior clinical assistant at the University of Belgrade in Serbia, and I did my master's thesis um, back in the day. But, you know, my research then really intensified during this PhD time that I spent at the University of Edinburgh in the UK between 2007 and 2010. And there I studied restorative materials, basically polymerization of adhesives and composites and the resin um, tooth interface. And then I continued working in the post-doctoral research environment uh, in Edinburgh and also in KU Leuven, the University of Leuven. Uh, with one of the leading research groups in adhesive dentistry and Professor Van ba- Bart van Meerbeek. And all of these experiences were really exciting because they uh, allowed me to expand my knowledge, but also um, you know, to expand the horizon of, of knowledge in general in adhesive dentistry through publications with my collaborators um, and researchers. So then uh, I went back to Belgrade, the University of Belgrade, uh, where then I worked as an um, assistant and associate professor. And at that time, I also supervised some PhD thesis. So that was, again, how I engaged with research, the same area, research, uh, researching dental materials. So, and being a supervisor of PhD thesis not only allowed me to be in a research uh, space, but also to help young people and young clinicians um, and researchers uh, on their own research journey. And that was really a rewarding experience um, for me. That's fantastic. And I suppose going forward with that, so what attracted you to researching the effects of COVID-19 on final year dental students then? Well, obviously COVID pandemic hit us all very hard and has proven to be particularly hard in COVID times when students could not be in the clinic, when students could not be even in the simulation clinic to practice the manual skills. So at the time with my collaborators in uh, the University of Belgrade, I was interested to see how the 
how the COVID pandemic affected students' self-confidence. Because that's, you know, if you are confident uh, to, to be able to do a specific procedure, then there is a higher chance that you will be able to do it properly. Um, so we investigated this um, in final year students, uh, comparing cohorts before COVID and after COVID pandemic. So, and then I suppose comparing the two cohorts, the data collection used an anonymous questionnaire consisting of around 40 questions, I believe. Can you describe the, some of the questions asked um, during the study and how these questions were designed or focused in order to receive the information that your research team were after? Yes, well, uh, we tried to look into all aspects, all disciplines uh, in dentistry, the dental students um, had to train in and also through a, a variety of procedures. So we, we structured this questionnaire containing 40 questions, asking treatment planning, diagnosis, and um, through to uh, treatment, um, you know, in various disciplines, um, how students, how much or to what extent um, students were self-confident in performing these procedures. So for example, how self-confident they were in caries detection or treatment planning or cavity preparation, you know, impression taking, um, st various uh, stages in endodontic uh, procedure. So all, basically all um, disciplines. Yeah, now imagine like sort of with this questionnaire, there would have um, been a few biases or limitations su such as like student perceptions and subjectivity. Um, were these questions designed or were there any strategies implemented to reduce these biases or limitations? Well, yes, obviously, this is a limitation whenever we don't have a quantitative parameter to test students' ability. So we relied only on self-assessment, on self-reflectance of students, and there certainly that, that was a bias in itself. But then we tried to maximize the accuracy by selecting only final year students. Uh, and uh, in the University of Belgrade, the study of study dentist dental degree is studied through six years, actually, mm -hmm. uh, five and a half years. Uh, so we then maximized, you know, the, the sample size for this robust data set. Uh, we then tested, obviously, reliability and internal consistency of our questions. We had to run a pilot study um, just to make sure that the questions are clear, clear enough. So all of these things that had to be done before actually investigating this. Okay, yeah. And your research focused on final year students at University of Sydney. Did the study ever consider assessing the confidence of dental students across Australia from all dental schools or even internationally? Well, at the time of conception, I was working in the University of Belgrade. So my Australia was not, you know, in in my view. Yeah. Uh, and uh, some sometime mid in the middle of the study, I actually relocated and uh, joined this, the University of Sydney uh, mm -hmm. in 2021. Um, and then I contributed to the study from, from afar. Uh, so at that, at, as I said, we couldn't uh, investigate students' self-confidence uh, in Australia. But certainly from this point on, uh, Australia is definitely on my landscape. And I would like to explore this further, if possible, in multi-centre studies, you know, different, uh, involving different Australian dental schools. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And can you describe how the questionnaire results were analysed and compared fairly across the test and control year groups in your study? Of course, we uh, had to ensure fairness across disciplines, and um, we achieved this by balanced um, allocation of questions. So each discipline had the same uh, number of questions. We then uh, allocated the same number of questions to diagnosis or treatment or evaluation 
again, to maximize fairness. Um, also, we made sure that the cohort, test cohort and control cohort were of the same experience level. So we included only final year students, pre-COVID and in the COVID group. So there was no question whether we are comparing junior students with more senior students. So they were all of the same seniority. Yeah. Okay. And then given that the study focused on student confidence and competencies, were there any results or aspects of the study that surprised you or that you found quite interesting? Well, actually, we found what we uh, what we pretty much expected and uh, what we saw in the literature uh, from before COVID times uh, relating the self-confidence of students to various procedures. What we did, uh, what we what we found in this study was that actually the COVID pandemic hit really hard in those areas of more complex tasks more complex procedures, uh, especially because students uh, did not have enough exposure to even the simpler tasks, let alone more complex tasks. So so literature before before COVID uh, really shows that um, students' confidence uh, and ability to perform certain procedures decrease with obviously complexity of the task, but also the COVID reduced exposure even to simpler tasks. Um, So overall result, was that students' self-confidence um, in the COVID group was lower than the pre-COVID group in, yeah. in general, and more specifically for these complex tasks. And this is pretty much what we expected. Okay, so that kind of like, to me, so suggests that it um, identifies shortcomings in the dental curriculum. Was there any changes that, or any um, adaptations that your dental school made to address these concerns? Yes, well, there was another actually in surprising uh, result, but which was not related to COVID, I have to say. We found out that the student's self-confidence was lower than expected in um, fixed prostodontics, mm-hmm. uh, in pre-COVID group as well as COVID group. So having a low self-confidence of students in fixed pros in the pre-COVID group um, really showed us that there is something wrong that needs to be improved in the curriculum. And this, uh, we looked um, more closely or my colleagues looked more closely because by that time I I, um, relocated to Australia um, and they identified some potential areas of improvement in fixed pros. Uh, The main thing was actually giving students more exposure, more opportunity to practice and um, certainly to be able to practice more complex tasks. Yeah, Um, interestingly you, Research found that student, staff and students found online learning more motivating. Um, do you have any ideas why this was the case? Well, we actually did not study um, online learning and how students um, compare online learning to traditional learning, but we did use some previous findings because there are some uh, studies in the literature on online learning. Actually, not some, but there are, there is quite quite a broad. Um, knowledge pool uh, out there. So we use this, these previous findings in our discussion. And um, you know what, what we already know from, from the literature is that students do prefer online learning because there are some advantages to traditional learning. So for example, it is easy to use and um, you know, the, the, the online learning tools are quite easy. We are all more or less confident with the technology nowadays. Um, Especially important for students is the ability to learn um, at their own time, at their own pace. And these are all very important advantages of online learning compared to, for example, premier style um, sessions when when there is only a lecturer giving a lecture at any specific time. 
Yeah, I suppose including from like what you found with your research, were there any key learnings or recommendations identified at all? So yes, the, the, this study recognized additional educational needs, as I mentioned specifically for the curriculum of the particularly dental school in Belgrade, but we also identified uh, additional educational needs for postgraduate period. Uh, we also made some recommendations um, that the new teaching modalities, especially focusing and utilizing online learning uh, this as a distant learning model should be embedded in the curriculum. And um, you know this is now this is now new normal, uh, I suppose uh, in, in the post COVID times. So we have to rely more on these uh, various distant learning methods. Um, and also we highlighted the need to invest in other technologies, in other modalities uh, that would allow distant learning, particularly distant learning of manual skills. And this is the real challenge um, to in, in, study, in studying dentistry. I mean, we can all learn from lectures, tutorials, you know, textbooks, etc. But how do we actually develop manual dexterity in a distant learning method? So yeah. one thing is to maybe adapt, uh, invest in haptic technology that allows students um, to work uh, separately uh, from the patient clinic, mm -hmm. invest in simulation clinics. Uh, but there are also possibilities to actually develop learning methods for developing manual dexterity um, through distant, distant learning, for example, uh, working from home. So we do have um, now in Australia, uh, in our endodontic curriculum, and now I'm making a digression here, but just to, um, it has nothing to do with this study. I just want to give you an example. Uh, in the COVID time here in Australia, uh, our endodontic department developed a series of uh, manual exercises for students to work from home to develop their manual dexterity skills in performing specific endodontic tasks. So this is certainly an area for further improvement um, because there is high, there is a great need. You know, this this pandemic may be over, but there may be one, you know, just around the corner. Yeah. Well, hopefully, this, um, these sort of like strategies now might prove effective longer term with additional studies that to bridge the gap between the sort of in person and sort of remote sort of learning experiences by students. Mm -hmm. That's right. Absolutely, I agree. Alrighty, so now going to um, talk to Pauline. So Pauline, what were um, what year were you in 2020 when UWA Dental School went into lockdown? And could you describe how this experience impacted your studies? Um, so I was in second year in 2020. That year, the DMD2 course consists, consisted mostly of lectures at Optic, where we worked on Frisarco teeth and phantom heads. There was a two-month lockdown from March to May, so our lectures and intimacy tests were delivered all online. There are pros and cons to this. Pros included a more flexible schedule due to not having to commit to uni, perhaps even more time to spend with the family, hobbies and exercise, for example. Yep. Having lectures through Zoom created a more casual environment compared to attending lectures in person. However, the cons include less teacher-student interaction, the fatigue of longer time spent online, and of course, not being able to see your friends. For me personally, I prefer attending lectures in person so that being um, at home all the time and doing my learning online was quite a drain for me. Then the dental school reopened for the final few weeks of semester one. The end of semester exams were conducted through Exemplify, which is a software with proctoring features. By semester two, it was a lot less disrupted, and by then we were able to catch up with all the practical exercise and finish the year on time. 
the research projects were able to um, continue on quite smoothly and we made some good progress. I could say that back then as a second year student, we were actually quite lucky compared to the third and fourth years. Um, they would have had to make up a significant clinical time. And the first years were having very heavy medical content delivered entirely online. Yeah, wow. And did your cohort manage to finish on time? I think for the third and fourth years, they, from memory, I think they had to extend their semester a bit. But overall, it wasn't too major of a disruption to everyone. Yeah. Well, now fast forward. Recently this year, in March, WA started seeing an increase of our own COVID-19 cases. Can you describe how the dental school responded to this and how this was initially received by you and your peers? especially from like a confidence and confidence standpoint? Mm. Um, because with COVID not being eliminated entirely and having occurred for over two years now, um, it would perhaps be of no surprise if the dental school shut down again. Mm -hmm. um, that was my initial thought anyway. Um, people tended to follow the news um, daily of the COVID situation, um, especially in the Eastern States, whilst Western Australia had kept relatively isolated from the outbreaks. So that when the interstate borders open and the cases rose, um, and mm -hmm. um, I guess it was a case of um, not if, but when. Yep. But it's good to see that the situation is improving now, especially you know, the relax, relaxing of the mask mandates. Yep, as of today. Um, but very hard to predict. Um, things can go both ways. Yeah, that's right. Well, Professor Molotich's research identified that students felt least confident um, in surgical extractions of um, particularly erupted teeth and students feeling more confident in clinical skills such as diagnosis and treatment planning. Personally, do you feel that these findings resonate with you? Um, I, I do agree with her findings. Um, I also don't feel confident in surgical extractions, even if COVID didn't exist, <laughs> um, simply because it's not something that we would have much exposure to um, observing, let alone practicing. Yep. Um, diagnosis and treatment planning, I would feel more confident um, with time and practice, um, but this also, would be possible um, if I have proper guidance from the tutors, and that's regardless of the COVID situation as well. Yeah. Overall, my experiences do match what Professor Miletich mentioned earlier, and she's made some really good insights with her research, and I agree with what she was mentioned. Yeah, no, fantastic. And do you find the school curriculum has adapted or like the cohort, um, like how staff have addressed these concerns with the students and their confidence and competencies? Um, like, has there been additional makeup practical sessions to kind of help bridge the gap between what is expected and what has been lost with time outside of clinic yeah, due to um, COVID? Dental school definitely has made some um, progress with that. And even if it meant having to shuffle the timetables and the student cohorts around, um, I think measures being made so that everyone can still sort of progress with the course reasonably well. Um, I know there are a bit of hiccups along the way and some students you can be affected by that point of view. Yep. But these things do take time and I can understand it's, it's not an easy solution. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Um, with these restrictions and the learning barriers caused by COVID-19, has it created any opportunities or changes amongst the year group and staff at the dental school? And this is open to you as well, Professor Maltich, in terms of like, has it created opportunities for students to, you know, um, make more time for their own research commitments if that's part of the curriculum over there or make time for, you know, to get ahead on online learning material to then free up space for practical sessions when school resumed? Like, is anything like you're seeing over in Sydney? Yes, exactly. Um, having more time or, or, you know, spending more time outside the simulation clinic or the patient's clinic certainly, um, you know, gives students time to study. Um, there is always 
potential and there is always uh, the need to improve knowledge. I mean, however um, much we study, we always can improve knowledge. And, you know, with improved knowledge, uh, certainly we feel more confidence uh, in the clinic. Yeah. How about you, Pauline? Yeah, same. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. And so, Pauline, so you're almost halfway through your final year of dentistry. How are you feeling about graduating and entering the profession? Oh, it's a it's a typical answer, nervous but excited. <laughs> um, no, I I feel um, it's it's a long it's a long journey, and the, the learning doesn't stop at graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, as I have spoken to um, previous cohorts, there's it's dentistry is lifelong learning, mm-hmm. and regardless of what happens. We're still going to put in the effort, the time yeah. to to improve ourselves, and improve ourselves um, not only from a clinical perspective, but from um, knowledge and being able to interact and manage patients. Mm-hmm. Um, it all it all meshes together, and um, COVID or not, <laughs> doesn't that doesn't change? Yeah, that's same. Um, Can I just add to that? Uh, there are always develop new developments in the technology, in materials, in techniques. Um, so we really have to in, uh, keep up with the new knowledge. And something that dental students learn um, today, for example, could be obsolete in a few years' time. And uh, you know, there, there is always the need to uh, follow the new, I, I suppose, new information coming out from research and from um, guidelines from different bodies, you know, um, uh, reviewing the, the evidence and producing different types of guidelines, stuff like that. So we, we have to keep up. Yeah, that's great insight from the both of you. Um, to conclude the podcast, this question is open to, the, to both of you, of course. Um, do either of you have any tips and or advice for our listeners and current students who are or have been impacted by COVID restrictions? Well, as I mentioned uh, just a minute ago, uh, limited clinical and simulation experience really highlights the need for excellent theoretical knowledge. Um, you know, and understanding diagnosis, treatment planning, out, uh, you know, assessment, assessment of outcomes, and you know everything about the dental procedure um, in different dental disciplines. Um, and we should really uh, encourage students to minimize learning by trial and error wherever possible. So my view on this is that when we know exactly what needs to be done, why we have to do procedure in a certain way, there is always a greater chance that we will learn the, the new practical skill faster. And are you pulling? Um, and I, I totally agree with what, um, what Professor Millet just said. Um, I understand that situation is not easy, and for a lot of us, it is an unprecedented situation. And just in addition to what we've mentioned before, um, it's always nice to make sure you keep in touch with your friends and family, be kind to yourself, do meaningful things, and um, always look at the big picture, even with all the hiccups along the way, but also look at the positives too. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic advice. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. Professor Molotic and Pauline, on behalf of Adza and myself, thank you for joining me on this episode and I wish you all the best with your continuing research and studies. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All the best.